0: Good morning beautiful,
1: I know it's gonna be a good morning beautiful, when you wake waking up with me, it's gonna be a good morning beautiful. Da, 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 da. Hi there, I'm Donna Carter.
0: And I'm still not Kevin Pankhurst. No, but you're still not. I am related to her. Yes. We verified that. We got 23 me tests.
1: Well, just before you go on that. Oh. You're listening to Grow on the Go. Oh, I'm a newbie.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> That's okay.
1: Kevin and I mess it up most of the time. Wow, I'm um, sorry. Yeah, we did get 23andMe results. It was really fun.
0: And we now have proof beyond what we already knew.
1: <laughs> that, that you're Kevin Panker's dad. Uh,
0: Kevin Panker's And dad. that Kevin
1: is not adopted.
0: Although she's wondered <laughs> from time to she time. She has
1: wondered. Um, but no, she is not adopted. We are the most white bread family like we are like I personally am a hundred percent European descent you at least have a little Latin influence yes yes this this is why I am such a romantic man yes I am
0: quite a romantic man at least in my own head
1: (laughs) (laughs) you have very romantic moments that's for sure you also I'm only a
0: little bit romantic
1: you you so I have
0: moments <laughs> right
1: <laughs> yeah so there were no surprises uh, thankfully we're not um we don't have a high predisposition toward dementia which we were kind of worrying about because
0: i'm not convinced <laughs> i think it's already happening
1: <laughs> during covid and i mean we're not joking and dementia is no joke
0: it is not a laughing no manner.
1: and um but during covid and you know which is of course coincided with us aging as of I guess it has with everyone. Um, we have noticed our memories have become really poor. I often can't find a word I want.
0: I don't remember having a problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, <exactly. laughs> it's bliss. Exactly. At any and, rate,
0: Kevin's still suffering from the consequences. Mm, of yes. So
1: she has COVID, COVID again.
0: Well, had COVID again, she's done now. Well, she's done now,
1: yeah, but she's her still... Her voice is Her trashed. voice is just terrible. Yeah, And she has a major role in a community theater project. Susical the,
0: the Musical.
1: musical. <laughs> At the end of the month. So we're just, we're trying to help her preserve what's left of yeah. her voice.
0: And this is a show she did as a little girl in a community theater.
1: And again in high school. Yeah,
0: and got the part and said, but I'm not even... Well, Cindy Lou, who
1: she's she, what?
0: No, that was something different. She
1: she she was a who
0: she was a who, but she wasn't. She a, wasn't
1: a bird girl. She wanted to oh, be a bird girl. That was it. She yeah. just was a who. Yeah. So I can't remember. Is she the mayor's wife or something? I this, can't this time remember. I have seen it yet. It doesn't matter because she has all the parts <laughs> memorized. <laughs> when you go through that many rehearsals and three times, you know all the parts. Yeah. So, yeah, she's the ultimate extra. She could do any of the parts. She could be Horton, for goodness she sakes. You may
0: need somebody to do her part.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I hope We're not. We're praying about that. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, um, so we are going to talk today about. Going with the flow.
0: Okay. Or I'll against, go with that.
1: Or going against the flow. Oh, see, look how you're just.
0: See how I just slid that in oh, there. Oh, that was
1: so yeah. smooth. Yeah. Do you remember when we lived in Chilliwack? We went, we took the girls to see the salmon run.
0: Yes. Amazing.
1: So amazing. Yeah, for prairie people, this is not something you often would see and never see. Never see. So we went to the fishery yeah. where these little, little baby salmons were hatched. And that's where they come back to. And what they go through to get there. I yeah. mean, they are just...
0: That is definitely going against the flow.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: And they will beat themselves to death to get back to where they were spawned. It's amazing that God's wired that into their yeah, little fish brain. Because
1: it's got to involve some suffering. I mean, they go against oh. the, the, uh, the flow. Um, Bash themselves against rocks. They're often, you know, have chunks missing and beat up by the time they get
0: far enough up the better river there to spawn again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. So that's sort of the image I have in mind when I think about going against the flow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can you think of a time in your life when you've really gone against the flow? Oh, I have something in mind if you can't think of oh, something. Oh, put me on
0: the spot. No, I'm a go with the flow mm. kind of guy. Aren't oh, I? yeah,
1: right. Okay, just let's just talk about your educational journey. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, I wasn't intentionally going against the flow. Mm-hmm. I just have the spiritual gift of doing things in an odd way.
1: <laughs> okay, well, let's just talk about that for a minute.
0: Well, I went to a small Bible school, and the program I was in offered first and third year one year. And then the next year, they would offer second and fourth year. And which year did I start? the year they were offering second year. So I was in second year courses without the first year courses. And poor professor Ristal, the Old Testament prof would regularly say, and as you recall from Old Testament survey, and I go, mm-mm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do not.
0: Yeah. And so I actually took my fourth year before I took my third year. It was all backwards. Yes. I,
1: but but it, it actually worked out because we had an opportunity to move back to Calgary, our hometown. Yes. This had been in Edmonton and And nobody wants to live in Edmonton longer than you have to. Sorry, all you Edmontonians, but you get it. There's a rivalry. (laughs) There's a rivalry. Every Albertan knows it. Um,
0: And I wanted to get my degree from the school I'd started in. And I talked to the registrar and said, you know, I, I want to move to Calgary and take this position in a church and finish my degree. Um, can we do that and still get a degree from here? said, No, I'm sorry, you have to do your fourth year here for us to grant the degree. And I looked at him and said, Well, technically aren't I doing my fourth year? And he, Vernavakis, what a guy. He got this twinkle in his eye. He said, I think we can do this.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> it was
0: fabulous. Yeah. yeah it was really good.
1: So good. Well, you know when I was in um junior high in particular mm. i i kind of went against the flow not in a really radical kind of in the opposite way kevin not a did rebellious it. way no like if everybody was wearing jeans i wore a skirt yeah. i just didn't i wanted to be an individual and you know the apple didn't fall far from the tree when it comes to kevin because yeah. she in a much more extreme way Remember some of that makeup she wore when she was in her scene kid phase? Mm-hmm. I, mean, I
0: remember saying, you can do whatever you want with your makeup. I just reserved the right to take pictures and show them at your wedding.
1: <laughs> which we didn't do. We didn't do. No. But, you know, and then there was the wrestling, which didn't end all that long ago, and uh, all the colors of hair. Uh, yeah. So she's she's definitely quite comfortable with going against the flow. I... um. When I, when I talk about going against the flow, um, you know, you have to think about following Jesus mm-hmm. as being pretty counterculture, mm-hmm. and um, I I rarely, you and I rarely use the word Christian. To...
0: Not anymore, no. Yeah. I refer to myself as a Jesus follower. It just feels like Christian puts you in such a hole with so many people who don't know Jesus that it just it makes it more difficult. But yeah. if I talk about following, being a Jesus follower, they, some of them are quite interested in that.
1: In what that means. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I want to, I want to talk today about what it really means to be a Jesus follower. Mm. Um, I would, I would have to say it means choosing to care about what Jesus cares about and investing our lives in those things.
0: Yeah, that's good.
1: So, in Matthew 16, 24-27, Jesus describes to his disciples what being his follower means. And I've chosen to use the Amplified Bible here. Um, What's different about the Amplified Bible is that instead of picking one English word to bring out the meaning of the original language, it uses multiple words to bring out all the different nuances of of the word in the original language. Rand, do you want to go ahead and and read that?
0: Sure. You know how much I enjoy reading out loud.
1: I know. Apparently, I've scarred you. You
0: have. Yeah. I would read to the kids, and you would give me such a hard time. I was like,
1: oh, don't be a monotone. Let me
0: try this. I'll Uh, try not to be a monotone. Okay. Thank you. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself, set aside his selfish interests, and take up his cross, expressing the willingness to endure whatever may come, and follow me, Believing in me, conforming to my example in living, and if need be, suffering or perhaps dying because of faith in me. For whoever wishes to save his life in this world will eventually lose it through death. But whoever loses his life in this world for my sake will find that is
1: will find it.
0: Will find it, that is, life with me for all eternity. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world wealth, fame, success? but forfeits his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in glory and majesty, in the glory and majesty of his Father with his angels, and then he will repay each one in accordance with what he has done.
1: Okay, that's I, probably our most conf- comprehensive description of what it means to yeah, follow that's, Jesus. Yeah, that's
0: really good. I'd never yeah. read that before.
1: Yeah, and well, I think you've read it, but probably not well, in the not, Amplified. Yeah, not yeah. the Amplified. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I, I mean, I'm not a Greek scholar. I didn't go to Bible college. I haven't taken Greek. So for me, going to the Amplified often helps me, you know, get all those different nuances yeah. of the meaning. So let's unpack these verses and, and just try to discern what they're saying to us. So first of all, if anyone wishes to follow me as my disciple, he must deny himself. This is often translated, turn from our selfish ways um, in some versions. And it, it doesn't mean we're supposed to stop having fun and deny ourselves all pleasure. We know this because Jesus himself was often criticized by the, the Pharisees for partying. Yeah. <laughs> it means rejecting the pride competitiveness, and selfishness inside us that wants to to drive our decision-making. It means saying no to our default of self-preservation. Interestingly, these are the values that our culture actually encourages in us. In these few words, Jesus is saying to follow him, we have to go against the flow. The second thing we need to establish is that Jesus doesn't ask us to take up his cross. He's asking us to pick up our own. Now, in our culture, the cross has become a symbol of suffering, and it certainly does bring the passion of Jesus, the suffering of Jesus to mind. But Jesus wasn't primarily referring to suffering. He was talking about surrender. Just as the cross of Calvary was God's will for Jesus, Mm. our personal cross is symbolic of God's specific will. For us.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's very good.
1: So what fears does that bring up in you? The idea of surrendering, taking our own cross, whatever that means.
0: Well, I think think that's an area that I've certainly grown in over Mm -hmm. my years of following Jesus. But early, it meant I might not get to do what I want to do. And I wanted to do what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So surrender was a really difficult thing in a few different areas for me.
1: I kind of remember as kids, everybody—the the unspoken fear was that Jesus would make you go to Africa to be a missionary. <laughs> yeah, remember well, that musical, that youth musical you directed? Um, let's see, and what? Uh, oh, anyway, I had a yeah, line I'll give you. About,
0: it talked about. I didn't direct that particular one. It was somebody else, but I talked about Lord. I'll give you everything except my. Uh, Reebok sneakers and my Levi 501s, and please don't make me a missionary. You know, yeah, I'll, I'll go right? anywhere, but don't make me a missionary.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so when Jesus asks us to follow him, he isn't talking about tracking his footprints long after he's gone. The word Jesus chose in his native tongue means to follow closely, so I have a picture in my mind of what that means, but I know you have a picture in yours too. Sorry. What it means to follow closely. Oh yeah.
0: Well, before I went into ministry, I worked for a company that sold and serviced fire alarm systems. And part of my job was to go meet electrical contractors while high rises in Calgary at the in the time were being built. So they were just a hole in the ground just to make sure they knew what they needed to do to mm-hmm. install the fire alarm and wire the fire alarm properly. And so I went onto to a job site and I found the foreman. I asked him if he had any questions. He said, sure, follow me. And we climbed out of the hole. And in the parkade of a building, a, a previous building that had already been finished was their their site office. So he said, follow me. And I'm following along, and I have ADHD, so I don't always pay attention. I'm carrying my big, oversized briefcase with all my tools and papers and stuff in it. And I'm following him, and he walked into one of those revolving doors. Oh, yeah. And I followed, I was following close enough that I walked in right behind him, which was fine until that little triangle sealed. And suddenly, <laughs> these two oversized, very large men with, no, oversized... with an oversized suitcase. I could no, we could no longer take normal steps. We were stuck. And he turned around and he gave me this foul look. And anybody inside the building saw these two guys taking these little baby steps to get the door moving and until we could <laughs> spill out into the lobby. He was not pleased.
1: Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Well, it doesn't annoy Jesus when we follow him closely. That's right where He wants us. He wants to guide us by speaking into our deliberate thought processes and decision-making. And through His Holy Spirit, He also informs our intuition over time as we get to know Him more intimately. Mm-hmm. Following Jesus closely means, first of all, spending time with Him, conversing with Him in prayer and reading and studying His love letter to us, the Bible. It also means what doing what He would do Saying what he would say and loving as he would love as if he were in our Mm -hmm. situation in our relationships in our shoes Basically,
0: yeah, that's a high bar.
1: Yeah, no kidding. Yeah So you were at a speaking engagement once and you met an Egyptian man and I just remember how Impacted you were by that
0: so impacted by this young man. His name was a Sam He was a young adult and he was at the, the Bible school in Calgary or the seminary in Calgary he was working on a degree and uh, thick accent. English was not his first language. I got to know him a little bit and talked to him over lunch. He he, he told me he grew up in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And I noticed mm-hmm. he had a very small cross tattoo just in the web of his hand between his... The web that is made by your index finger and your thumb.
1: Okay.
0: Just sort of on the top of his hand there. And I asked him what that was about. He said, oh, that. Well, in my country, which was a Muslim country, if you're a Christian, uh, you you you're abused if you're in a car accident and you're a Christian
1: it's your fault it's
0: your fault if somebody falls in front of your house and you're a Christian it's your fault if you fall in front of somebody else's house it's your fault and he said when I actually I grew up in a Christian family and the cultures divided into Christians and Muslims he said but when I accepted Christ As my savior, I wanted everybody to know that I was a Christian. Hmm. And so I had that tattooed on my right hand. So whenever I would go to shake somebody's hand or greet them, they would automatically know that I was a Christian. And his goal was to get his seminary training so he could go back and train other people to be pastors in Egypt. Wow! Talk about going against the flow.
1: Yeah. I mean, and knowing that there's no expectation of justice for Christians. No. And their standard of living is is generally quite low. Life is difficult. I mean, he really understands what it means to carry a cross. Yes. Like literally Literally. on his body. Yeah. And so did the early church. They were well acquainted with crucifixions. They weren't Mm -hmm. just kind of doing Roman culture nine to five with house church on the weekends. They understood in a way that's harder to grasp in our context that following Jesus is a whole life proposition. Yeah. Jesus follows up his invitation to follow him with these words. Don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish first? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, oh, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Well, that's... Pretty self-explanatory, but then Jesus seems to totally change the subject, and he says this. Salt is a good thing for seasoning, but if it loses its flavor, how do you make it salty again? Flavorless salt is good neither for the soil nor for the manure pile. It's thrown away. Anyone with ears should listen and understand. Okay, so we're listening, but we may be struggling to understand. <laughs> <laughs> now, there are a few different interpretations of, of the meaning of this salty statement of mm-hmm. Jesus. You know, so they're, they're, scholars have tried to figure, okay, what's he actually getting at with the salt thing? Here's what I've landed on after some research. Salt was common in, in Jesus' context because of Palestine's proximity to the Dead Sea. And the salt was used beneficially for preserving food, but it had also historically been used maliciously for uh, destroying the crops of enemies um, by contaminating the soil. So both of these uses of salt required that the salt permeate the surface where it was applied. It couldn't Mm -hmm. just be sort of sprinkled on top. It had to be thoroughly and generously assimilated. And I think that's the point for us. Um, It's a great analogy. True discipleship or followership of Jesus isn't a side order. Mm -hmm. It has to be the full meal deal. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's another lesson here. Salt in Jesus day was not of the same quality we buy today. At least that's one theory. It could over time actually lose its saltiness. So when people in the first century talked about unsavory salt, they were understood to be speaking of something that with absolutely no value. Like it was worse than useless because you had to find a way to get rid of it. And you gave me an analogy earlier for this.
0: Well, yeah, if you're walking along and somebody's taking a A, just a regular double A battery out of some device and throwing it in the gutter, there is nothing more useless than a worn out, used up,
1: non rechargeable battery, Non-rechargeable battery. now you have to take it to some special recycling place, thing. yeah yeah that's that is a really good analogy. The, the reality is if we choose to invest only a portion of our lives in what matters to God, a dash or a sprinkle, or worse, pretend to be invested, but without expressing it in, in our decisions, we are literally not worth our salt, yeah. Uh-huh. Clinging to our, our comfort, our security, and valuing those things above what God values results in a, a shallow, unfulfilled, and self-focused life. In the statement, if you try to hang on to your life, you'll use it. The word translated um, lose is actually, um, doesn't just talk about, you know, losing track of something. It, it talks about, it implies damage. mm mm-hmm. So we can actually do harm, maybe irreparable harm, to the part of us that will live forever by hanging on to what we believe is the good life. God promises a full life, the real good life. It begins here, but then gets exponentially better in heaven, our forever home.
0: It's just so hard to imagine It is that's going to be. It
1: is hard to imagine. I was just um, spending some time with dear friends who just lost their son before Christmas, and they're they're reading everything they can get their hands on um, about heaven these days, which I totally understand. But in John 10.10, Jesus said, My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And of course, he also said, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that everyone in who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. So a rich, satisfying life and also an, inter- an eternal life. Mm-hmm. It's sort of hard to improve on that. When we invest in our short-term comfort or happiness instead of eternal joy, we risk being sucked into a destructive lifestyle that may lead us away from God and the eternal life that he created us for. The Bible teaches us that when Jesus returns to earth to judge the nations, those of us who have a relationship with Jesus won't be judged the way people who have rejected God Mm -hmm. will be, but we will be evaluated on the outward expressions of our inner beliefs. Mm. God knows what's in our hearts but he places the expectation on us that those beliefs will be authenticated by decision-making that aligns with eternal values. That's what following Jesus is. Mm -hmm. And by the way, we're not left on our own to do that. He also empowers us. Philippians 4.13 tells us, I can do everything through Christ who gives me the strength I need. We need to ask ourselves... What would it mean for me to carry a cross?
0: That's a great question.
1: So what would your answer to that be? I'm totally putting you on the spot here.
0: Uh I, I think it, it would mean that idea of daily surrender, that, mm-hmm. that peace that Jesus prayed in the garden.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, Father,
0: I know you can take this away from me, but not my will,
1: but yours. yours.
0: Yeah, I think that's what it means mm-hmm. is that Lord, whatever you have.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm
0: willing to walk through that, even though I know I'm not going to like it. Mm-hmm. But I want to surrender
1: to you. Mm-hmm. And as I've thought through that on my own, like what areas that are do I struggle to surrender to God? Mm-hmm. My health? Mm-hmm. My home? Mm-hmm. Proximity to my family?
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, there are just some really h- things that would be just really, really hard to give to him. Yeah,
0: those things we love. And dream and desire, mm-hmm. right? Yeah.
1: I mean, I do remember when my sister Debbie was dying, you know, just saying she started to have real pain mm-hmm. and saying to God, okay, God, come on. I've surrendered my precious sister to you. I know you're going to take her home, but did she have to die in pain? Mm-hmm. Is this really what you're asking of me? And I remember hearing God say, yes, I am asking that of you.
0: Well, and and that experience—I'm sure you've shared it before—of watching Debbie walk through the valley, of the shadow of death, mm-hmm. was one of the most beautiful things.
1: It really was a beautiful thing. She
0: just became sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. She and did, even as she was being ravaged.
1: And by even after she could no longer f- speak, she could pray.
0: And I honestly believe her spirit had one foot here and one foot in heaven.
1: Yeah, yeah, it amazing. seems like it. There's a, there's a great answer to that question, what would it mean to carry a cross, by the author Tom Sein. He says this, actually, do you have that there? Do you wanna read it?
0: Sure. Um, in the first century, you couldn't claim to be a follower of Jesus simply by believing about God in your heart and going about your business as usual. If you were to be a disciple of Jesus, you too were expected to reorder your life around the other serving purposes of God. If you too chose to follow Jesus, it will require if you two choose to follow jesus it will require putting first things first god's mission purposes before your economic aspirations or anything else if you do it well if you do it will likely necessitate reordering your time style your lifestyle around a new set of purposes for some it may even involve quitting jobs or relocating as it did for those first disciples
1: wow jesus is asking for our surrender he wants us all in now, maybe some of us have never really given our lives to God. Maybe we've just kind of bought fire insurance by, you know, praying the sinner's prayer, and inviting right. Jesus into our hearts, asking for forgiveness of our sin just to escape hell. And maybe you live in a Bible belt where most people call themselves Christians without truly following mm-hmm. Jesus. Real Christianity is not like an app we can add to our smartphones. It isn't like an accessory we can put on to enhance our outfit. It's not like an excursion we can add on to our vacation package. It has to go to our core and affect every single thing we do. There are some things that we can do to begin to take up our personal cross and follow Jesus. If you've kind of identified, okay, I clearly am not following. I am not surrendered. Mm -hmm. First of all, immerse yourself in scripture and allow God's spirit to use it to align your thinking with eternal truth. 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 Yes. It's easy for me to say. And then accept the risk of loss. There's this incredible quote that you've probably heard before by Mm -hmm. Jim Elliott, who was a missionary to Ecuador and was actually martyred for carrying his own cross. He said this, he is no fool who gives away what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Mm -hmm. If you take up your cross and follow Jesus, you will have to swim against the cultural current, but you will also reap eternal dividends. Yeah, that's good. I think that's all we've got for you today on Grow on the Go, but I do want to remind you to follow us on uh, Instagram, Grow on the Go Pod. You can also su- subscribe on your favorite app, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or listen anytime using the My Joy Radio app. I'm Donna Carter.
0: And I'm Kevin Panker's dad.
1: (laughs) And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.